Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I had a super holiday. Yay. And we went to Pembrokeshire. And I've never been there before. And I just realized what a beautiful country that we live in, don't we? Come on, even you live in a beautiful part of the world. Has the hills become wallpaper? Hmm? Come on, have a look. It is gorgeous out there. But you know, sometimes when we're driving along and it's pelting with rain and the sky's a little bit gray like it is today, can get a little bit like, and we're just driving along and it's quite miserable. And then all of a sudden there's this break of sun in the rain. And where I come from, we call it a monkey's wedding. But silly, isn't it? A monkey's wedding. And we get excited about the rain and the sun coming together. And then just suddenly you start to see a spectrum of colors go across the sky. And it's so beautiful. And you see this rainbow. And have you noticed in the car, the the people in the car with you, the attitude changed. Oh, look. And there's a happiness. We've forgotten about the gray skies. Look, look. Look at that beautiful rainbow. And look at the colors. And, and sometimes you even see a double one, don't you? And do you know the funny thing about it is you can't even get to the end of it. You see it drop down in the hill somewhere. And as hard as you try, you want to get the pot of gold, but you can't seem to get there. But somehow we find joy in the rain. Title of my message today is Joy in the Rain. Is there something in our unseen that is able to bring us inner joy more than our seen reality? Is there something in our unseen that can bring us a greater inner joy than our seen reality. We live in a seen reality. I taste, I see, I hear, I touch. Everything around me is seen. My family, my friends, me, my home, my things are seen, aren't they? And much of the seen reality around us brings us great pain. We turn around and we see a family member that is so sick and they just seem to, although you're praying, praying like crazy on you, believing they're going to get healed and they're just deteriorating further and further. Their seen reality is a thief of our joy. Is it that we are praying and praying and we so want this loved one of ours to meet Jesus and they just seem to get worse? Or is it your own day? Oh, you wake up, oh, feel really rotten today. Phone in, I'm not coming into work today. You feel a little bit better, you wander down to the washing machine and oops, it's on the blink. Trudge up back to bed. The kids come in from school and one of them declares, I failed. Dad comes in. I've been made redundant. It starts raining and the conservatory leaks. All seen realities 
that are thieves of our joy. In my house, we go, when it's like that, it means I can't anymore. I had enough. Somebody rings you, a Christian friend, a loving Christian friend, and they say to you, you know what, Claire, the joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> I actually want to wring the neck. <laughs> but how do I find this true joy? Because there must be a way. If the word of the Lord is true, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How do I find that strength? And this is what I want to talk to us about today. It does seem highly elusive in times of pressure like this, of, and, and the discouragement drags us down. But you know, we can't go the distance without joy. No ways can we live in this world without joy in even prolonged times of challenge. You and I can have joy in the rain. So we live in a seen reality. Yep, it's all around us. It's a thief of joy. But there is, however, an unseen reality. There is a rainbow in the rain. And to see a rainbow, what I described earlier, what did we need? We needed sunlight. You see, here's a little bit of a science lesson for you. The sunlight comes into the raindrop, and what does it do? It reflects off the inside. And when it separates into these beautiful colors, it shows us the rainbow in the sky. It reflects as a rainbow. So in our unseen reality, how do we, how do we see the rainbow? The seen reality is rubbish around us, but if we allow the light of Jesus, see, Jesus is light, to enter into our world, to enter into our life, we gain a whole new perspective on the rain. But you need to allow the light of Jesus to come into your seen reality so that it changes what you see, and you will start to see rainbows in the rain. We are challenged so much, aren't we, to have faith and to have joy in the unseen reality. And I want to cover three things that will help us. We need to have joy in the unseen reality. We need to have joy in the seeds of the unseen potential. We need to have joy in the unseen Rewards. Now I'm going to break those down into three. The unseen, it's really hard for us because we live in this world of everything shouting around us. But today I'm going to talk about a lady who decided to have faith in the unseen reality. You don't hear much of her in the Bible, only a few verses. You know a lot about her son. Her son's name was Moses. Today I'm going to talk about the faith of his mom called Jochebed. See, Jochebed was pregnant in a time when there was great oppression. She was in slavery to the Egyptians. Couldn't have been a worse time to be pregnant because Pharaoh at this time was being very, very threatened by the growth of Israel. 
their numbers were growing, and so he decided that as each woman would be on their birthing stools, the midwives would grab the baby boys and throw them into the River Nile to be drowned. Jochebed must have had her baby by faith. Did she find herself alone giving birth to her baby? It doesn't actually say. But what it does say is she held him tight for three months till probably Moses would not keep quiet any longer and she had to do something by faith. So she took him and put him in this waterproof little basket and she placed him by faith in the River Nile. Jochebed was a woman of faith. She gave away her baby by faith and she found joy in the unseen reality of God going to take care of Moses. Hebrews 11 verse 23 says, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Jochebed found joy in the rain. She said, my God, my unseen God will take care of my son. Was life perfect? No, by no means. But she had faith in the unseen God. Faith joy, joy in the unseen. Joy in the unseen reality. Many of us, we face these difficult times with our family, just longing for them to get to know Jesus, to believe, to, to let go of this horrible, unsavory lifestyle that they're fixated on. And we get really, really discouraged when we don't see an answer. But he, he's asking us if we would just have joy in the unseen God and stop focusing all our attention on the rain. Let me give you an example. If I was fired from my job, or made redundant, whichever way you want to look at it, and I pitch up at the job, and I stand outside the doorway, and I stare at the job because that's where I really want to be. I'm crying because I want to be in that job, but I've been let go. What does that do to the inside of me? It just drags me down further, doesn't it? it the, the tears doesn't help. There has to be a joy in the unseen reality of God is going to change my situation. However, if we let the light of Jesus, like we talked about the rainbow, the light of Jesus to flood my heart, would it give me a new perspective, do you think, to see God is with me. I will never be alone in this situation. God is on my side. However bad it seems, he will turn the situation around into blessing and not cursing. And in all of this, we do need to understand that ease is not a condition for joy. Ease is not a condition for joy, inner true joy. You go to the book of Habakkuk 3, verse 17 and 18, and in the beginning part, you will just read, basically, there's no harvest. 
though the fig tree won't blossom, the fruit, there's no fruit on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, the fields don't have any food, the flocks cut off, there's no one in the fold, no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And sometimes I think when we read the scripture, we stop there. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and we sing a praise song, which is important to do. But let's not forget, it says, I will joy in the God of my salvation. That's where we find true joy. Not that there's no harvest. Yes, we can sing a song, but my joy comes from knowing that the God of my salvation, he will save me. He will sort out my life. That's where I find joy in the unseen. In the message, it actually says, I will feel like and dance like I'm king of the mountain. What joy is that? <laughs> it's during these times, you see, of when we have this seen reality in our face, we, we have to adopt this attitude of faith like Jochebed. She had done all she could do. She'd birthed Moses, she took care of him for three months, and she handed him to God by faith. This, she had to let go. Why? Because actually it says in Hebrews 11 verse 23, she decided to see that God had given them an unusual child. She decided to see her child the way God saw him, and he had a future, and God had a plan for him. And so she put him in the river. Imagine if she'd held on for longer than three months. He probably would have died because he would have been far too noisy. But do we take these necessary steps, do you think, to give every faith challenge to God? Or do we actually just remain sorrowful and in tears? We have to joyfully trust the unseen God of our salvation. Don't be afraid to let go. It seems highly irresponsible, doesn't it? It's like, it's not right that I shouldn't cry. It's not right that I shouldn't be worrying. It's not right that I shouldn't be trying to find a solution to this problem. But it goes against everything that the Bible says. We have to do things by faith. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, we have to cast the whole thing the whole care, this is what Jacobed was doing. I'm casting the whole care, all my anxieties, all my worries, all my concerns, once and for all onto him because he cares for me affectionately and he cares for me watchfully. He knows what's happening to me and that's where I find joy. We need to find joy in the unseen reality of our God, of our salvation. We need to find joy as well in the seeds of unseen potential. Think about a three-month-old baby in a little basket on the river. How long would he have lasted, do you think, before maybe he would have died of hypothermia in the evening? I don't know, a day or maybe a two days at max, he would have lost it by himself. So we needed God's intervention in his life pretty quick. And it wasn't long before God did step in. A miracle started to take place as Jochebed took that step of faith. God was working in the rain and bringing a rainbow. Here we find 
Moses found in the river by Pharaoh's daughter. This in itself is an absolute miracle. Pharaoh's daughter would have been indoctrinated by Pharaoh. You hate Israelite people. They are slaves. When she found his basket, the first thing that would have gone through her mind is tip him in the river, drown him. But her heart was filled with compassion and love because she heard this little Hebrew boy crying. Miriam, stationed next to the river, sees this happening, and Pharaoh's daughter says, I need a nurse. And Miriam said, I know a nurse. And she ran off, and she got Jochebed. This is what Pharaoh's daughter said, take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Jochebed's heart must have been flooded with rain. Think about it. Flooded with rain. Was her life perfect? Absolutely not. But can you picture the moment when Miriam burst through the door and said, Mom, they need you. Moses has been found, and you can feed him, and you can take care of him. Can you imagine the joy, knowing Jacobet said, I knew I could trust the God of my salvation. I absolutely knew, and he's come through even more than I could ever think, ask, or imagine. Because I'm a slave, I'm actually going to get paid to do this. Hallelujah. This is the kind of God we serve. If we'll trust him, he will look after us in a big, big way. I think, I don't know if you know the Barney song. I know it from years back looking after my kids. She was singing in the rain, and raindrops were becoming lemon drops and gum drops, and she was doing a little dance in her house. Was life perfect? No ways. But there was a rainbow. There was a rainbow. Jochebed, a woman of faith, believing in an unseen God, she knew as well that she had a part to play in the rain. You see, she understood there was no time to waste. She was given Moses for possibly three to five years. That's how long they weaned the children in those days. She didn't get down thinking, I only have Moses for three to five years and start crying. She said to herself, I see a rainbow in this rain. And in this time, I am going to take the word of God and I'm going to teach my boy about God. I am going to teach him what it means to be a Hebrew boy. She saw a rainbow in the rain because the light of God flooded her heart and she had a new perspective on those three to five years. This is what it talks about in Hebrews, about Moses, the impact that a mom had on bringing up Moses. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be treated as the grandson of the king, but chose to share ill treatment with God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was actually better to suffer for the promised Christ than to own all the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking forward to the great reward that God would give him. 
and it was because he trusted God that he left the land of Egypt and wasn't afraid of the king's anger. Moses kept on going. It seemed as though he could see God right there with him, and it was because he believed God would save his people. Jochebed decided she saw a rainbow in the rain and did something in the rain. What will we do? What do we do with our rain moments? You see, what I'm talking today in this point is the seeds of unseen potential she sowed into Moses. What is our seed? Our seed is this Bible. The Word of God is recorded as being our seed. So when we plant it, we're speaking it. When we are praying it, we are sowing it. We have a part to play in our reign. We don't just sit back and hope it's going to turn out okay. We start to sow this word. We start to speak this word. We pray this word. We have to sometimes do this in tears. It's not always going to be easy, no. In Psalm 126, this verse was actually written when the Jews from Babylon in captivity, they'd come out after 70 years. These people were in captivity for 70 years, but this is what they were writing. They they come out of exile. It says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing his seed. To me, I can imagine, he's like, you've got this bag of seed under your arm. You're crying, and it doesn't matter. You just keep sowing it out. You keep speaking it out. You keep praying it out. You keep believing it. Continually goes forth weeping, bearing your seed. Shall doubtless, without a doubt, come again with rejoicing, bringing sheaves. Sheaves is harvest. Your seed has potential, unseen potential, like in Moses' life. It will bring a harvest if you will sow it. What are we sowing? Can we replace our tears and our complaints with the word of God? Can you take a scripture and you say, that's not my child. I see my child that way, and that's what I'm going to speak over them. I see my situation this way in the word of God, and that's what I'm going to start speaking. Believing in faith that these situations are going to change You know, Jesus tells this parable, he says about it, planting the most tiniest, tiniest mustard seed. And how how the seed has the most huge impact on the world around it. The unseen potential of a seed. He says in Matthew 13, 31 and 32, another parable, this is Jesus, he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it's grown, it is greater than the herbs and it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Jesus uses this parable to make the point that little is much when it comes to the kingdom of God. His way of doing things. Little is much. Come on, 
take one verse. You don't need the whole Bible. One verse and speak it and believe it morning and night in the face of your rain. Keep on sowing your seed. You might not relate to the mustard seed. A corn seed, kernel. You plant one, it gives off two cobs. The potential on two cobs is 800 kernels each. 1,600 kernels. One seed. One verse. Imagine what change and turnaround you could have. Even Paul and the, and the disciples, they had no idea when they were planting the seeds of unseen potential, how the gospel would reach the ends of the earth, and you just have to look at it to get excited and imagine what God would do with yours. We may never even see the full potential of your seed sown. Because when we are left this earth, your seeds will continue to grow. But what we have to do is have this attitude of joy in the unseen potential of a seed. We must have joy. We must find joy in the unseen reality of the God of our salvation. We must have joy in the unseen potential of a seed that's sown. We also have to find joy in the unseen rewards. Think about it. Moses' mother and father, Jochebed and her husband, were both Levites. They came from the tribe of Levites. They were family of God, chosen people, royal priesthood. They knew that their family had legacy. They knew there was a reward for serving the Lord. Jochebed found joy in the unseen rewards of becoming the family of God. And she knew that her son was seen as someone special. Your family members are someone special. You belong to the royal priesthood, a holy nation. God doesn't finish with you. It's eternal rewards. He's got a destiny for your family and your friends. It doesn't stop with you. Legacy is a reward in the kingdom of God. Do you know, to the seen reality, look at Moses' life. It was polar opposite from a destiny in God, wasn't it? He was brought up in an Egyptian home. Talk about countercultural to a Hebrew boy. He was so influenced. Then he walks out of his lovely palace and murders somebody. Does that seem like destiny in God? Jochebed had plenty of tears that she could have cried. Then he disappears for another 40 years, marries an Ethiopian girl, a Midianite. There must have been torrents of rain pouring around Jochebed. However, she had to hold onto the promises of God, believing and trusting in this legacy of this unseen rewards in God. She believed in these scriptures that we hold so fast. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And it's not just the money in the house. <laughs> There's better things to leave your kids. The word of God, legacy, the word of God. 
Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. These are the words that Jochebed would have had to hold tight in her heart. When things seem out of control, when they seem even worse than ever before, that your kids feel like they're further than they ever were before from God, when your situation seems so dire that it's like, I don't even know if a miracle could change this. We trust in the unseen God of our salvation, the unseen potential in the seed sown, and we are asked again to find joy in the rain. Look for the rainbow and rejoice. There's an internal inheritance, the legacy of a reward. You cannot ever give up. Never (laughs) give up. Please don't ever give up praying and believing. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he comes to God, must believe that he is God, and that he is a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. You can't give up because he's a rewarder. We don't look at this now, this seen reality We have to be a little bit like a child. Have you taken a child walking when it's raining and there's big puddles? Us as adults go like this. Because we don't want to get our shoes wet and we don't really want to get our clothes wet either. What does a child do? And they jump in the puddles and they enjoy themselves and it's splashing all over and their clothes are filthy. Why? Because when they get home, they know that their mom or their dad's going to be there to dry them off and sort them out. We need to get a bit like children. My God is helping me. He's going to dry me off. Even if I jump in this puddle, even if I get wet, it doesn't matter because I believe there's a rainbow of rewards (laughs) planned for me. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 says, We do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Everything in this world, everything that we see is subject to change because of the word. Will you believe? Will you believe in the unseen reality? that will bring a legacy of rewards, no matter how long it takes. Moses, after 40 years of being away, suddenly had an encounter with God in a burning bush, didn't he? Jochebed had been waiting potentially 80 years. Wow. Can we keep on going, regardless of the seen world? He became a leader. He became a prophet. He led the Israelites out of slavery. His face shone with the glory of God. Yet his life looked so polar opposite, didn't it? We don't even know if on the day that Moses stood on the dry land with his sister standing next to him, she was a prophetess, his brother Aaron, he's a high priest, They stood there and they watched as the Egyptian army drowned. What a victory. What a turnaround. What a turnaround from the temporary 
seen to the God who sees and changes things. We don't know if Jochebed was standing on that side of the dry bank. But I tell you what, what a victory. What a turnaround. This woman of faith that she would put out her trust in God and say, here's my son. I'm believing, God, you will turn the situation around. She found joy in the rain. Do you know that Jesus finds joy in the rain when he sees you? He finds joy in the rain when he sees you. Of all the people, I believe, that you will know or ever know Jesus experienced the most terrible torrents of rain in his life. Horrendous time that he could have tears and hardship. Yet he found joy in the rain when he thought of you, when he thought of spending eternity with you. He found it, it's so, he found so much joy that he took his own life as a seed and sowed it and let it die. And what unseen potential you and me and you online Everybody, he sowed that seed of himself for you. To have you as a son and daughter to spend eternity with. You are his reward and you are his joy. He died for an unseen reward. No matter how long you take, he did it for you. And Jesus is our example of this, isn't it? Jesus, it says in Hebrews 12 to says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's our example. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love what the passion says. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. His heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation, and now he sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. He found joy in the unseen reward of you. You were not at his death. He didn't see you there. He saw you. He saw you in his mind's eye as a seed. He saw you in the potential rewards and you were worth dying for. And so we are challenged, aren't we, today? Could we look away from the seen realm to have faith and have joy in the unseen, to find joy in the unseen reality of the God of our salvation, to find joy in the seeds, these seeds of unseen potential that we plant. Could we find joy in the unseen eternal rewards that are going to be coming to us? I'd like to invite the band up as we finish, and they're going to, we're going to worship and we're going to praise, but I don't want to end on a 
sad note because I've been talking all about joy, haven't we? Joy. Do you know that we've been talking, the whole message is about the unseen reality is where we start. We start with God. You, you can't have joy if you don't have Jesus. And Jesus left this earth and he left us the Holy Spirit to give us joy. Because one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. We need to be filled with joy by the Holy Spirit. Because you're going to have a hard time finding any joy if you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 61 says that the anointing was on Jesus. And it says that he gives us the oil of joy for mourning. He gives us the oil of joy for mourning. That's what he anoints us with. He also, in Psalm 30, it talks about how the, the sadness or the tears may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I was thinking about that. Joy comes in the morning when the sunlight came out, didn't it? The light of Jesus fills your morning, and you get a whole new perspective. And it only endures for a night. Endure, that word in, in the Greek actually means that it only lodges. It doesn't have a permanent place in your home. Joy comes in the morning. When we stand up in the morning, do we have joy? Do we, do we wake up and look at our day? Do I have to? Or do we say, let the light of Jesus shine a new perspective on my day, and I'm going to see rainbows in this day. I'm going to see the joy of the Lord in my day. Some of us have felt like we've been mobbed. Some of us feel like we've been mobbed either with sickness or circumstance, family, whatever it might be. But I want to encourage you, the way to get over this situation is to be filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I want to share one last verse with you. This is what happened to Paul and Barnabas. The Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city. See, they, Paul and Barnabas had been preaching here, yeah, and these people got fed up. And they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So what did they do? They shook the dust off their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the next town. And the believers were what? Filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Shake it off. Be filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Shake it off. Be filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. And this is our moment. So if you want to stand with me, this, this is your moment, okay? You might be feeling really mobbed, and it's hard. Maybe you just have a toe that you can little tap in the puddle in the rain. Maybe for some of us, we can do a little jump in the puddle in the rain. We need to see our lives through the Holy Spirit and be filled with the joy, with the oil. Don't you want to be filled?